Dear listener, welcome to your favorite New Life program. This is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of Fupa. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mayangi. Fred Bill Ochen is on standby with the health segment today. He will be talking about teen suicide. Thereafter, Brother Ian Mose will join us during the Bible segment to talk about the Christian fight. But first, let us listen to gracious singers with the song, Somebody Loves Me. It's time for the health segment. Fred Bilotino, welcome and bless us. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope, coming to you wherever you are. Well, it is another moment when we bring you a slot on health for the good of one's happy and healthy life. In our last program, we talked about suicide being experienced in our societies today. Our focus was mainly on causes and warning signs of suicide. We also touched on some quick vital tips towards saving the life of a suicidal suspect. 
today's program listener hence takes us through the suicide among teenagers the focus being on the danger and warning signs we are also going to have a look at the general help mechanisms to our suicide victims thanks for sparing this time to join me for this edition my name is fred bilotino hello listener and welcome this discussion involves youths aged between 15 and 24 considered to be in need of adults guidance it is vital for one to realize that teens experience various emotional and physical changes in their lives sometimes the mood of a teen is bound to disrupt his or her ability in life this can indicate a serious emotional or mental disorder which needs attention such a situation is what i am referring to as an adolescent depression listener Suicide has of late been ranked third and second in the causes of death. This goes to the adolescents and college-age youths respectively. According to studies, the blame to teen suicide squarely sits on the head of experience problems. Such are long-standing problems triggered by a specific event. It's unnecessary for you to get it right that Adolescents often lack a proper focus and this becomes evident when they view a temporarily unfavorable situation as a permanent condition. These anger feelings become disastrous. Also much guilt leads to self-destructive acts, mostly the ones translating to suicide. It is equally important for one to understand that nearly all if not all suicidal youths show clear signs such warning signs my listener are thus vital as an avenue to detection and help to the victim these are some of the obvious signs like suicide threats this can either be direct or indirect giving away belongings and obsession with death can be realized in a suicidal youth and apart from such obvious signs There are quite a number of other warnings likely to be detected in a suicidal person. A youth may come up with poems, essays, or drawings that refer to death. Mostly, this is like a premonition to a nearing worse experience in life, suicide. Detection of an overwhelming sense of guilt and shame is equally dangerous. And given that such people are of school-going age, have a look at the academic performance this is to say severe drop in school performance may be indicating something unfavorable a dramatic change in their behavior and appearance also spells a lot this can also be accompanied by unexpected change in eating or sleeping patterns listener do not overlook such signs since they are what is bound to translate into suicide And just like to any other person undergoing such an ordeal, it is vital to offer help to your best. Offer help by listening. Listening will enable you come up with a way of encouraging a depressed youth. Talk about his or her feelings. During the process, be kind by listening and avoid lectures. As a helper, could you find that the situation may be serious? Seek prompt help in such a situation remember that silence 
is deadly. Thus, ask direct questions and have a frank discussion over the matter. Listener, seeking professional assistance is quite vital and thus is good to be thought of. Seeking expert advice from a mental health professional experience in helping depressed teens is essential. It is good also to alert key adults in the teen's life, such as family, friend, or teacher. When dealing with such situation, note that all suicides don't require same solution. To some, medications such as antidepressants help a lot. This acts on chemical pathways in the brain relating to the mood. People on such medication require close monitoring by a doctor. One has to be cautious that alcohol and other drugs interact negatively with antidepressant medication. Equally, talk therapy and changing behavior relieves despair of suicidal patient. Giving solution to problems, social skills, anxiety, and muscle relaxation reduces depression. Listener. These are some vital tips that one has to put at his fingertips. Remember that warning signs should be taken seriously. Also, quick or immediate search for help is necessary. And finally, get it clear that caring can save one's life. And to you, listener, perhaps you may at one time thought of ending your life. Many people young and old share your feelings. And thus you don't have to be ashamed of it. Simply talk to someone you trust. You can also call an agency specialized in mental health and talk about how you feel without telling him who you are. It is evident at times things may seem very bad and almost out of hand or control. But always remember that such times do not last forever. Ask for help. You can be helped because you deserve it. And that brings us to the end of our today's program. Our focus has been on suicide among teens, basing on its prevalence, causes, warning signs, and help devices. We equally explored various ways of containing this situation. If you're going through such a moment in life when you've ever thought of ending your life, I'd like to encourage you that don't lose hope. And for those who are friends who are going through such a situation, please let us help others. And on behalf of the production and technical crew from the Adventist World Radio, I have been your presenter, Fred Billy Ocheno. Thanks for being with me right here on the Voice of Hope for All People. May God bless you and goodbye till we meet next time. Welcome, dear listener, and I hope you're enjoying the program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, you can write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 4276, code 00, 100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr at Let us now have an item from gracious singers entitled Sweet Hour of Prayer. Sweet Hour of Prayer, Sweet Hour of Prayer. That calls me from my 
wishes known in seasons of distress and grief. My soul has often found relief and often scared the tempters near by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, thy will shall my petition bear. To him whose truth and faithfulness engage the waiting soul to bless, and since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, I'll cast on him my every care and wait for this sweet Sweet hour of bread, sweet hour of bread, may I thy consolation share, till from Mount Pisgah's lofty heights I view my home and take my flight. In my immortal flesh I'll rise to seize the And shout while passing through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. It is now time for the Bible segment to join me as I invite Brother Ian Mose. Welcome, brother. I greet you, dear listener, in the name of Jesus. Welcome to our study today and filled at the feet of Jesus. The topic of our study is the Christian fight. The Bible depicts countless battles, from Genesis to Revelation. Its pages reveal that they are both physical and spiritual wars raging. Physical wars have dominated history's attention from the time Cain killed his brother Abel right down to the present day. This should not surprise us. For Jesus predicted, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, for nations arise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Matthew chapter 24 verse 6 to 7. However, the primary focus of scripture is the ongoing conflict between Christ and Satan. Revelation speaks that what began as a cosmic war in heaven will soon end in Armageddon. In this showdown between the forces of good and the powers of evil, Truth and light are under constant attack from the deception and darkness. And like it or not, every single one of us is involved. The battleground for this intense spiritual struggle is not some piece of earthly real estate. It is the human heart. Both Jesus and the devil are supremely interested in winning possession of our minds and hearts. For this reason, Christians are called to be more than peaceful spectators or mediators in this cataclysmic conflict. We must be committed frontline commandos. God has designed that all the literal battles recorded in the Bible, from Gideon's conflict with the Midianites to David's defeat of Goliath, can serve to teach us how we might experience victory in spiritual combat. Naturally, it will stand to reason that because these battles are of a spiritual nature, 
the weapons we employ must also be spiritual. This is why Paul reminds us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 Although our armor and weapons are spiritual, this does not mean they are unreal or ineffective. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 4. Paul also makes it clear that the Christians committed to his cause and commanders should be as real and complete as for any earthly soldier. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 to 4, New King James Version. God's armor, not man's. The first time I did a study on the armor of God, I looked up all the Bible references to armor, searching for passages that will support and enhance the importance of wearing armor when charging off into battle. I was a bit disappointed to find that Saul's armor did not fit David and that Goliath's armor was useless against David's stone. I also discovered that a stray arrow found a crack in Ahab's armor, killing the wicked king. So much for the value of armor, I thought. But then I realized that we are not called to wear the faulty body armor of Saul, Ahab or Goliath. Rather, we must put on the unfailing armor of God. In fact, at the very moment that Paul wrote his letter to the Ephesians, he might well have been chained to a soldier sporting the armor of the Roman Empire. Paul could see firsthand how frail the defenses of man were against the prince of darkness. This is why he twice emphasized the armor of God. It is also clear that Paul was expanding on the words of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, who had made a similar spiritual association for two of the articles of armor. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17. Now that we have established that we are to wear the armor of God and not of man, we must be careful not to miss the admonition to wear all the articles God provides. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 cautions, Put on the whole armor of God. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 declares, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. This is where many Christians fail. They take some of the armor but forget one or two parts of the suit and pay an eternal price for their neglect. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul attaches a spiritual association to seven implements of earthly armor. Let's consider each of these articles of defense one by one to see what we can learn. In Bible times, the girdle about the waist held together the soldier's garments, which might otherwise hamper his movements while marching or engaging in combat. The spiritual significance is that God does not simply want us to point at the truth. He wants us to wear it and have it wrapped about us. Not only does the belt hold everything in place, but it also serves to carry the sheath that holds the sword or the spirit for ready asses. Some people have the sword of God's word, but without the belt of truth, they come to reckless conclusions. Wearing the breastplate of righteousness is always in partnership with the robe of Jesus' righteousness. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. Job chapter 29 verse 14. 
Also keep in mind that the high priest wore a golden breastplate over his linen robe that was set with twelve precious stones, each inscribed with one of the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. This place represented nearness to the heart. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. Exodus 28 verse 29 The only way we can experience victory in battle against the devil is through confidence that the righteousness of Jesus covers our hearts and that we are forgiven. The sword of God's word is what Jesus used against the devil and it also gave the beast of Revelation 13 a deadly wound. Revelation 13 verse 3 to 14 When Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword, he was not saying that he, the prince of peace, had come to start wars. Matthew chapter 10 verse 34. Rather, he was pointing out that the sword of God's word has a dividing effect. Several times, this sword is depicted as having two edges. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Then again in Revelation chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says, He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. In closing, I want to assure you that although we are in a war, we need not fear. God's word tells us how the battle will end and who will be the final victor. The one who forged our armor guarantees its effectiveness and promises that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 Listener, how can we stand? How can we fight? Paul gives us the answer in the beginning of our passage. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 Jesus said, Without me ye can do nothing. John chapter 15 verse 5 But we are also assured, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Amen. Thank you for your time, dear listener. I was your presenter, Ian Musa. Hey listener, we have come to the end of our program. Thank you for keeping me company. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 422-76-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, may our God be with you. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mahangi. Yeah.
Oh! 